Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners, in this episode, you'll hear from pharmacist and data scientist Dalton Fabian. We'll be talking about AI the use of that to help do some predicting for this coronavirus, how to predict the census of hospitals and other things. It's been highly utilized for uh, epidemiology during this time and get to hear how, if you have interest in technology, uh, how this field of data science might be a great fit for you. Today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Dalton Fabian. He's a pharmacist with a passion for technology and data science. He graduated with his PharmD within a minor in data analytics in 2018 from Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. And after graduation, he worked for a Des Moines-based digital health company with the mission to help people take charge of their diabetes with technology-focused solutions. Dalton now works as a data science analyst at Unity Point in Des Moines. As a data science analyst, he uses the electronic health record and insurance claims to identify patients who need additional care via machine learning. While machine learning models are vital to the work that he does, Dalton works with other healthcare professionals to build tools with intuitive user interfaces that allow the models to make a difference when used in patient care. He uses SQL, R, Python, and Tableau to develop and maintain data science models and tools related to hospital admission predictions. Hmm, we might talk about that a little more later. Length of stay predictions, patient appointment, no-show predictions, and a care management patient identification platform. Dalton enjoys connecting with other pharmacists, especially those working in technology, and is passionate about helping more pharmacists find roles in data science. He's also active in the Iowa Pharmacy Association and APHA. Dalton, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We are you know, both at home today, uh, um, you know, while in the midst of this uh, coronavirus quarantine. And um, I'm really excited to talk with you. I think that there is so much um, exciting things happening in the world of, of informatics and uh, AI and pharmacists bring so much to the table. And there's just so much um in that field. So I'd love to go ahead and kind of just jump in a little bit. Um, first off, it might be helpful just to give a little background on what is AI and, um, you know, how that is used um, in um, a, a, as a complement to um, clinicians. Yeah. So AI, uh, machine learning, data science, you might hear a couple of different terms for um, similar things, um, but essentially AI and machine learning is using data that's from the past to predict something in the future. So like a good example of that is at my health system, we have, uh, like you mentioned, models to predict whether or not a patient is going to be readmitted to the hospital. So what we do when we're developing those types of models is look at every patient that's had a hospital admission in the past 
and see what they looked like, what their labs were during that stay, and then follow them <clears throat> after their discharge and see if they readmitted or not. And then we take new patients that are in our hospital now and compare those patients to the patients in the past to get a chance, a percent chance that that patient will be readmitted to the hospital. So that's basically what um, those terms mean is predicting some predicting something in the future from data in the past. Okay, so I, I brought this up just uh, before we hit record, but it might be a good segue now to, to talk about it. Um, so, you know, we are in the middle of this um, coronavirus yeah. uh, global pandemic, and uh, the main concern is, uh, you know, overwhelming the healthcare system. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about flattening the curve, which is why uh, the CDC is urging um, large groups greater than 50 to be postponed or canceled. Um, a lot of businesses have already implemented work from home policies um, to try to mitigate um, that influx to the hospital. But I bet you are probably in kind of the, the throes of how do you how do you predict, you know, what that'll look like for hospital admissions and census and yeah. Yeah. So we actually just started um, getting more questions on this late last week since um, in Iowa, the coronavirus has kind of made a big impact in the in the past few days. So, I mean, from like a health system perspective, one of the most important things that a health system needs to know is if the cases keep going up, will their hospitals have um, enough beds for patients, especially at Unity Point, we span three states and we have big hospitals like here in Des Moines, but we also have some more rural hospitals that don't have as many beds. So really system leaders are interested in knowing if we can predict the spread of coronavirus, but also like at, at what point do we, are there too many patients for the beds that we um, have right now? So a couple of things we're doing, um, probably starting this week, trying to run simulations to see if we can predict how the coronavirus is going to spread in Iowa. And that we would use data from like other, other states that have kind of had more mm -hmm. of a hit up front, and we can kind of see how their numbers trended, and extrapolate right. that to um, extrapolate that to Iowa. But then also just looking at the past and seeing, like on an average day, how many how many beds of ours in each hospital mm -hmm. are full, and then see if we can extrapolate. Like over time, hospitals get busier and busier, and see if we can extrapolate what we've had in the past to the current to see how many patients we can expect to be in the hospital for non-corona-related, coronavirus-related um, procedures and things like that, and then see how many extra beds we'll have open that coronavirus patients could use if the need arises. Yeah, so fascinating and so needed. Um, I mean, this expertise that you're, you and your team and, and everyone's going to be bringing to the table is just going to be invaluable. So Dalton, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how, how do pharmacists get into data science and, and I know helping pharmacists get some of those data science roles 
is uh, something that's that you're really passionate about. How to, you know, what are some of the things that that pharmacists need to do if they have kind of that natural inclination towards data, you know, more than just Excel? I mean, you know, um, SQL and Python and Tableau. I work really closely. We we don't have a a pharmacist informatics uh, at dispensary of hope right now, but we hope to. Um, and but we do have a team member who are who uses and knows about all of those different types of of platforms, and and it is just completely bewildering to me because I've never, you know, I don't know anything about that world. So for those of us that that aren't as familiar, um, kind of what what is that, and and how would people go about learning more? Yeah, so um, probably the most important um, aspect of my of my job is the those programming languages that you mentioned. So the R in Python um, at my health system, we use R, but are switching to Python. Um, I generally generally recommend uh, picking one and learning one, and usually you can kind of go between one or the other for R and Python. But I think one of um, the most important skills is uh, SQL. And so SQL is a, uh, a language that you use with databases. Um, so in a health systems EHR, everything, <clears throat> all the data is stored in uh, databases kind of behind the scenes. And the SQL is how you get that data. So like if I want to find out each patient's A1C, I'll write a SQL query that targets that specific code in the database to get the data. And so I probably write SQL every single day. So I think that's probably the most important um, aspect or something that someone should learn. Whereas R and Python are generally, we use those languages when we are trying to build a model to like predict hospital readmissions. So generally we spend a few weeks on that and then move more towards uh, doing SQL again or using a platform called Tableau that does visualizations. And that's the Tableau is how we take our predictions and then feed those up in a way that's engaging for our uh, healthcare providers. And all all four of those that I mentioned, Tableau, SQL, R, and Python are on this website called DataCamp. Uh, it's one of my personal favorites. It's a, They have a just a span of content on DataCamp. Um, it's a subscription service, uh, not too bad priced. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 drug disposal of controlled substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer, ready to use chemical drug disposal systems, are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. But they'll have anywhere uh, classes that you for if you've never programmed before in your life um, and they'll walk you through the basics to um, neural networks uh, just more uh, intensive type of of programming so really they have something for everyone no matter where uh, you you're starting wow that is so neat um, so Dalton, how big is, is the, 
you know, it, or y'all called it the data science team or, or informatics team and, and who all, you know, are there a lot of pharmacists on there or, or non-pharmacists? What does that kind of look like and how did you get into that uh, opportunity? Sure. So yeah, we're the data science team at Unity Point. There is three of us. So even though we're a pretty small team for a, a pretty big health system, um, we're pretty mighty. Um, so there's me, obviously background is a pharmacist. Uh, ben, who's is our data scientist, and his background is more in statistics. And then uh, Paige is the other team member. She's a data science analyst like me and has more of a, a math and computer science background. So I'm the only one with uh, any healthcare professional background, which is kind of uh, a neat perspective to have. I find myself having pretty good rapport with like the nurses who use our tool. So that's kind mm-hmm. of a... Uh, an interesting thing that I, uh, that I share with our, our users. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and then talk, talk a little bit more about, um, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with, with informatics and pharmacy informatics, but, um, what is the, what would you say is the main difference between informatics and data science? Yeah. So I think, um, as far as I understand talking with people who do informatics, um, I get that informatics is uh, like, there's a lot of different things going to informatics, but it's about like building the EHR, uh, maintaining and fixing like the omni cells and that sort of stuff. It's very much pharmacy workflows and making sure pharmacy workflows are efficient and working. Where and obviously having a background in inpatient pharmacy is useful. Um, whereas data science, you don't technically need a pharmacy or a pharmacy background or a healthcare background. Um, I mean, both Ben and Paige on my team have no healthcare professional background. They haven't worked as a pharmacist, and they're still able to be highly effective. So for a, a data science professional. It's more important to know those, like, know statistics, uh, those programming languages to do your job. Where informatics, you have to have a lot of that that process knowledge about like how a pharmacy operates or how a a health system operates. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. so where, if you were kind of reading the tea leaves, what what do you see um, kind of going forward? Because, uh, of course, AI is, is going to be huge, artificial intelligence, more of the predictive modeling in the future. I see. So when I was in pharmacy school, and so I graduated in 2018, but I definitely felt that during pharmacy school, informatics was gaining a lot of steam like it seemed informatics programs seemed to be popping up everywhere and mm-hmm. i imagine why that was because there was a lot of investments going into the electronic health record uh, in the past 20 years prior to that not many or some health systems kind of had their their own homegrown ehr but people started switching to more of the major players as, as i saw it like the the Epics and the Cerners. And so they've implemented all of these EHRs. And I think even Unity Point, we're on Epic. And we launched Epic in like 2012, 2013. 
So it's kind of up until now, it's been mostly getting those EHRs built up and having clinicians use them. But I think the next step, especially with meaningful use, is doing more with the data. Now that we have all this data in the background, what can we do with it? And so I think the data science predictive analytics is Mm -hmm. going to be the, the new informatics, essentially, where people are going to focus more on figuring out how they can um, deliver care better, especially at Unity Point, we're in a bunch of accountable care organizations and more of that value-based care approach. And so mm-hmm. if we can use that data that we've been getting over the past you know, six or seven years to um, identify patients who need extra care, we can reduce um, the amount, the healthcare spend for those patients and meet some of those ACO goals. Uh, so I can see how data science becomes kind of like informatics has been for the past 10 years where some of that focus shifts to actually doing something with the data. Yeah. I mean, he who owns the data, you know, gets to call the shots. Um, I am constantly going to my colleague that has really just self-taught himself and is is now our go-to data guy at at work. And he and I work hand in hand. I mean, I oversee our research and our formulary and, and any of our therapeutics work. But um, yeah, for, for uh, there are tons of, of business related questions that we need to know. And um, it's so key to have that, that data. So I would even say, um, you know, for, for any pharmacist, I think ASHP even put this as one of their core competencies for the practice advance um, initiative for 2030 is that all pharmacists have some basic competency in understanding and interpreting data uh, because we are just going to have, I mean, it, it is just all around us and we're going to have to be able to use it. So um yeah, lots of lots of opportunity, um, but but yeah, uh, there's still some uh, hesitancy about um, embracing data. Uh, you know, people are like, "Oh no, their robots are going to take over and um, you know do everything." What what's kind of your you know take on that? Yeah, I think um, in in our case at Unity Point, I think what has helped with that is that our data science tools and all these different models that we have aren't taking anybody's job. They're essentially automating um, something that the healthcare professionals had to do before that are kind of more like administrative tasks. And I mean, clinicians want to spend time uh, caring for patients, not doing administrative tasks. So I think a good example was our recent project, the, the care management patient identification tool. And so we were previously using a third-party tool, and we, the organization had decided at the end of 2019 that, that we would no longer be using that, so the data science team needed to replace it. And essentially what it was doing is it, it was identifying patients who were deemed at high risk or kind of like a, a medium risk. And so when we worked to replace that, we used sort of the AI machine learning to predict whether or not or what chance a patient had of going to the hospital or the ED in the next 12 months. And so that kind of served as the basis for our risk and then kind of grouped them into that high and rising risk. 
And as we were working on this project, the people that use the this risk score the most are care managers. They like to um, find patients that are these high-risk patients who are on the Medicare NextGen ACO and kind of help manage their care better. And so prior to us building our new tool, they were using that risk score. They were checking which patients in their clinic were in the hospital through a separate report, uh, which patients had appointments coming up in their office from a separate report. So they were finding patients from like three to five different sources every day and having to run all of those reports. And what we did instead was kind of combine all of that information into one dashboard that they could go to that was powered by our machine learning model that predicted this uh, risk for hospital or ED stay in the next 12 months. So it only showed them the high risk po patient population that they were targeting. But then it brought all of those patients that are in the hospital, it brought that list to this dashboard. It showed them when the next appointment was in the, in the office so that they could pitch their services in person. So really the, the tool is about making uh, making their job easier and kind of lessening the amount of administrative tasks that they need to do that they really don't want to have to do um, in the first place. They would rather be taking care of patients with that extra time that they save. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so I think that, that this is, gives a really good overview for anybody who's maybe interested in, in the data science world, data camp, great, great resource. Um, any other, you know, tips, uh, networking or anything that, that people should know about for how to get some of these? Um, I don't know if you would consider them non-traditional roles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I really think like for, for non-traditional roles as a pharmacist, like networking is super important. And that as an introvert, that's also, it was always one of those things in school where I was like, oh no, I got to network again. Like it's kind of a, a dirty word because people bring it up all the time. And as an introvert, it's like even scarier. Um, but I think one thing I found that was super helpful is like using technology to help you network. Um, so, you know, you might network at like a, a pharmacy conference, like APHA annual or something like that, where you're just in like a big room and you have to go up and introduce yourselves to people. But I think right. another, uh, another good way to do that networking is just like using platforms like LinkedIn. So I found that super helpful to connect with people that I'd never run into normally at like a conference or something like that. And so like if you're interested in doing data science at a health system, just going into LinkedIn and in the search bar, typing a health system near you and then data scientists. Like if I went uh, to LinkedIn right now and typed in Unity Point Health Data Scientist or something like that, mm -hmm. there'll be people who show up that work on a data science team at a, at a health system near you. And I just encourage people to like reach out to them, send them a connection request and put in a little message saying something like, I'm really interested in your job and learning more about what you do because I'm passionate about this area or want to get into this area. And you'll find that people are pretty like excited to tell you about what they do. Um, I know people yeah. reached out to me since I've gotten this job and I love sharing what I do every day. 
So I think there's another way to do some of that networking thing, even if you're more introverted or don't like those like big conference rooms where you have to like network in person. Totally. Um, well, Dalton, as our final question, I always like to ask, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? Yeah, I think um, for me, one of the, uh, a few of the like best things that I did is just pursuing things that I was interested in. Um, I had always been interested in the programming. Like I had taken programming uh, classes in high school even. Uh, like hmm. 10 plus years ago. And I think a good example of how that has helped me in my career is so when I was on a rotation in in pharmacy school, it's actually, that's how I actually met my current boss. Um, so I was on a rotation. I had told my preceptors at the time that I was interested in informatics and they connected me with someone at the, the health system who did informatics. He told me that when I shadowed him, he told me that there was a a data analytics team. And so I sought that out more, shadowed the data analytics team. As I was leaving that day, found out there was a data scientist at Unity Point and then set up another shadow with him. And that my, I was at that time, I was meeting with my uh, future boss and just got really passionate about what he was doing. So kept in touch with him over the next couple of years. And that's when this new opportunity came for me to uh, join the data science team. So if you're interested in something and someone can connect you to another person who's doing that, like take that opportunity. Your preceptors and professors are always willing to help. I think that's um, good advice I wish I had earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of ties back into the whole networking thing because, um, you know, you, you built a relationship. So, you know, it wasn't like, please give me a job right. to your current boss, but you, you know, were real, you were genuinely interested in, you know, learning about the types of things that he was doing. And so you just stayed in touch. So I think that, um, that was, yeah, how I got a, a role, that, um, several years ago was, you know, a position was open. I didn't get it the first time and I, it's persistence, you know, you've got to be persistent and, um, or, you know, just kind of maintain and build those relationships. So, such a neat story. And um, thank you so much for sharing more about uh, pharmacists as data scientists. And it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Hillary. It was so fun to be able to talk with Dalton and learn more about data science that importance during this critical time with COVID-19. And if there are other pharmacists out there who have great stories, uh, how they're playing a role in combating this pandemic, please reach out at Talk to Your Pharmacist on Instagram or on my LinkedIn or Twitter and love to share your story. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Talk to Your Pharmacist. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, 
Connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 